Hello and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 2, Episode 8, Packing Peanuts and Fire. date for this episode was november 17th 2017 it was directed by stacy black who has done a lot of uh, ncis new orleans um a lot of a show called major crimes with mary mcdonald which i'd never actually it, it, heard of a, yeah it's a spinoff of the closer oh okay so like when when so I, it's a cable when show. kira sedgwick left the closer uh mary mcdonald came in and took over that and kind of became a different i like show. her i liked yeah. her in uh, battlestar galactica um and she this director stacy black also has a lot of uh hairstylist credits from like big movies and as recently as like neighbors 2 but obviously best picture winner i think the artist yeah yeah um and then as far back as like Waterboy, and one of our first ones was like the 1994 live action jungle book okay yeah. which um obviously would be the live action one because you don't need hairstylists on the animated one <laughs> um and it was written by Lindsay allen who's done a bunch for the series so right. far um why don't we describe this episode in brief well in this episode, we got kind of two stories going on. We have Bozer, who's going to academy training. Yeah, apparently he has some kind of deal in his contract now that he doesn't have to appear in any episodes with yeah. the rest of the cast. Um, except for Maddie. <laughs> and uh, MacGyver and the rest of the team need to uh, track down this guy who is in love with artwork. And so they're going to steal a painting in order to lure him out of hiding. Right. And we get a cold open? Is this an opening gambit? It's um, just them running. It's yeah. Bozer and an unidentified woman running through a field. And then he stops her and says, hey. We have to split up. We have to split up. He only wants to kill me. you got to get out of here. Which I thought for sure is going to be Jack. <laughs> right. That would be <laughs> It's funny. like Bozer did something and Jack is mad. But that's the whole of the opening gambit. Yeah. Because then we just get two days earlier and he's in the lab playing Battleship with... Uh, with, with the robot. With the, what's the robot's name? Does it have a name? It has a name, but I've, I've completely forgotten it. We, it's been a while. <laughs> um, and he's and, losing. He's yeah. losing horrifically. And while we're seeing this, we're also seeing some names come up at the bottom of the screen that are like, oh, Billy Baldwin's in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And, and Curtis Armstrong's in this episode. I was like, okay, those are names that we know. Yeah. And there was actually uh, a third uh, character in this episode that I was not expecting, too. We'll come to that yeah. later. Um, but yeah, so Maddie comes in and tells him, hey, guess what? I'm sending you to like special ops training, yeah, basically. And, and it's like it's not just like physical training. It's like mental conditioning and uh, like special like interrogation and all, right. all, all kinds of all kinds that's of more tactics. next week. This yeah, yeah, week. yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't I just want people to think that it's like a normal school. Yeah, but for the purposes like, of this episode, it almost just looks like regular police training. It looks like the Zootopia montage. Yeah. You're dead. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, Riley is in the park and setting up a hidden camera in a tree. Yeah. Um, which is all very suspicious. Yeah, there's uh, the the shots here are very weird, and I want to go over it one step at a time. Okay, hit me. The first shot, she walks up to a tree and she puts the camera in the tree. So mm -hmm. we're, so supposedly we're looking at the f feed from that camera right is it supposed to be a live feed because okay sh she puts the camera in the tree and then suddenly we're looking at her standing by the bench holding her phone mm -hmm. and waving her hand right 
then suddenly we're seeing the exact same shot from the exact same angle on her phone screen in an insert, like right. an over-the-shoulder insert. Yeah, she's is looking that wrong? Around, she's looking down when she should be looking straight ahead. But is is she looking at live footage or is she looking at a recording that she just made? I think she's looking at live footage. Because if she's looking at live footage, she goes and touches the screen on the on the footage on the on the phone, mm-hmm. but no hand goes up and touches the ah. screen. Well, then maybe it is a recording of her. She recorded herself immediately just waving. I don't know. But the angle doesn't seem right for her wave, right? Right. Doesn't it seem like it's a low angle? I, I don't remember the angle being weird. I just remember that she goes, she puts her hands up and touches the screen on on the footage on the camera. Right. But what we're looking at, no hand reaches into the shot to actually touch the screen that we're watching the footage play Okay, well, on. then it had to be a recording. Or they just forgot. Okay. Okay, so then, <clears throat> so apparently it's not a live feed because she taps the phone screen in the monitor display, but not in the insert that we're looking at. So now, the fourth one, she's waving her hand over a necklace camera. Okay. Right? So why did she need the other camera? I don't know. Especially since it doesn't even look like the footage is moving when she's looking at it later. Mm. Yeah, so, and then we get an insert of the footage from the necklace playing on the phone. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know why she needed... The, the camera in a tree 30 yards away if she has a close-up camera that's going to be pointed directly at her father the whole time. Right. Other than because her hair keeps getting in the way of it while yeah, we're talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she sits down at the table and then Billy Baldwin shows up. <laughs> Looking more and more like Alec every day. Except for, I guess, Alec has his hairstyle copyrighted. Yeah. And Billy has to just comb it all straight up into the air. <laughs> it's like a it's like a mohawk. or more. I guess I would call it the turnip. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like but all it's all just, it just looks like a lawn. Uh, and so this is Riley's father, uh, Elwood, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah, for for her name. But where is she from originally? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Uh, but she's immediately on the defensive. She doesn't seem happy to see him, uh, and he is trying to talk to her about coming back into her life and apologizing right. and. And she doesn't seem to want any of it. He's trying to make headway through bad knock-knock jokes. Yeah. And she's like, oh, knock-knock jokes, really? And he's like, oh, you always liked him. She's like, yeah, when I was eight. Which, is that the last time you saw her? When when she was eight? And even an eight-year-old knows knock-knock jokes aren't funny. <laughs> like, I feel like my daughter's almost figured it out, and she's four. <laughs> she still likes him a lot. Everyone likes knock-knock jokes. Nobody does. So, Riley then takes the recording to the Phoenix Foundation and is using the Phoenix Foundation software to analyze his eye movements, his lips, his words, right. his, his tone. And we, we see basically a split screen three or four ways of the footage. One is like shot at his mouth, one mm-hmm. is his face, one is just like one eye. a color photo of like the wide shot from the tree and the other one is a black and white photo of the wide shot from the tree. Mm-hmm. But the wide shots don't seem to be moving and the color photo um, is definitely from the wrong angle mm. from where she put the camera like you can see the tree that she put the camera in yeah in the shot okay so well that was only this that was the second camera she said right yeah <laughs> she, she's this whole park is just littered with cameras no no one all the other people in this park like weren't suspicious of some young teenage girl going around setting up cameras everywhere right. and then cage comes in and she's like oh what are you looking at and she's like oh it's just um case file i was just uh checking some footage out and i found this in the phoenix things and she's like are you sure this isn't uh, 
someone in your family, you thought you could lie to me, didn't you? Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, are you a lying expert? Or did you see me in the footage? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting at the bench with this guy, and I told you it was just case footage that I found at, yeah. in the Phoenix lab. Gotta, you gotta have something else in, yeah. in your pocket on that one. Yeah. So, Cage also examines the footage and yeah. believes Elwood to be being honest. Right. Uh, for what that's worth. To her. Uh, she all, uh, Riley also asks, like, Cage not to mention it to anybody that, that she's looking at this and that this is going on in her life at right. the moment. yeah. Mostly concerning Jack. Yeah, because she doesn't want him to find out because then that starts their whole subplot of being mad at each other because she has a dad. Yeah. So... MacGyver and Jack are having one of their random conversations. This has become kind of the norm for episode now. This right. Time, this time they're talking about zombie apocalypse gear. Right. And they're talking about what one weapon would you have. Yeah. Which I think the zombie survival guide lays it out pretty well. The case for the machete mm. is the one that you would want. Because in an apocalypse situation, it's going to cut for the longest and it, you don't need to reload it. Yeah. And it's a good melee weapon. But um, Mac is pretending that a Swiss Army knife would do him any good. Yeah, well, we know Well, we know we can do just about anything. <laughs> yeah. Diamond plated. So, Cage walks in, and they immediately suspect her of hiding something because of her demeanor, uh, but they can't get it out of her. And then Riley joins in, uh, as well as Maddie. Right. And it's time for the mission briefing. Yep. This is, this is the first time in a while that they haven't been doing something else and then called in. It's like, oh, we gotta go in. Yeah. We gotta interrupt what we're doing to, to do this. This is like that actually at work doing their jobs. Yeah. Um, there's there's a recurring issue on this show with um, the fact that everything is CG in terms of this wall. Yeah. And like a lot of other things that they use, anytime someone's like touching a screen, like the problem that I mentioned earlier where you mm-hmm. don't see your hand touch the screen, like because so much of it is done in post and they don't think out these very obvious like technical errors. But here, I think there's actually, when they when they pull up, the file photo of the bad guy for this week. Right. I don't know if the actors on set knew that there wouldn't be a picture of him there. I don't okay. know. I don't know why. She so she says, "Okay, this is this is the guy who we're after." Right. His his name is Enzo Lemaire. Enzo Lemaire, and she she pushes a button to pull up a file photo that is an empty silhouette. Right. With just case information next to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what would be the purpose of filling the entire wall with an empty silhouette of the guy? Right. Like, why even put a picture there uh, I if mean, you don't have a picture of the guy? Just I, have the information. I, I would argue. I would argue. I would be okay with it. I am okay with it, only for dramatic purposes of like. But she doesn't say know. nobody knows what he looks like. I thought. That, did, I thought they did. I thought they did say that. No, she says that that they don't have a lot of information about him. That okay. this is all the information they were able to get. Well, I, I, I still feel that that can convey that they don't have information. I agree that filling up the whole screen when you could probably put more pertinent details of what's going on. But also, Jack says something along the lines of like, oh, good looking and creatively finances terrorism. And it's mm-hmm. like, is he making a joke about the fact that it's a silhouette or did they think it was a picture of a guy? I, I think that he was making a joke. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I, I I wasn't bothered by it too much, uh, but I, I feel like, yeah, I get that it's like, yeah, you should, you should you, know, you don't have a picture. Just say you don't have a picture. Yeah. Just say just say the words. And then yeah, and then so Maddie says that she that they want to kind of lure him out by taking a look at his wish list and trying to find something. Yeah. Which he, I guess I mean his the Amazon wish list of just yeah. paintings that he wants. I don't know where they found his wish list unless they've been 
intercepting his mail to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Dear but, Santa, I really would like... But when she goes to touch the button boomerses. to pull up the wish list, she very clearly touches a trash can icon. Oh. And then you see the picture go away. And then... <laughs> Whoops! And then she touches it again to zoom in on the painting of the blue horses. And I was like, she's, she's throwing these pictures away. These are important. I still say this isn't as bad as the invisible wall... Right, but emergency the the, the, ish, the main issue is the same, which is that if all this is being added in in post, then you can put whatever button you want under her finger. Yeah. So just put the right button there. Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um. But yeah. So they zoom in on this painting, which is Tower of Blue Horses, mm -hmm. which is a real painting that's been missing since 1945 and has not been recovered. Okay. But in the MacGyver universe, it, it was recently found in a basement somewhere in an auction for 25 million dollars. Right. And it was, someone found it, they sold it legitimately yeah. to somebody who bought who it. Who paid it legitimately and, and, then, and owns it now yeah. and doesn't want to give it to the Phoenix Foundation to endanger for a mission. Yeah. Reasonably so, as we'll find out. As is, as is his property and yeah. his right. And so Mac and Jack will be posing as art thieves. They won't <laughs> actually be art thieves. They will just pose as art thieves by breaking into stealing. a billionaire's house <laughs> and stealing his million dollar painting. That he it's, legitimately owns. I'm convinced. Yeah. Man, this is a really good act. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, Lemaire is an art collector, as you can imagine, and he has another person who handles all his art for him called the Pawn. Yeah, so they need to get in touch with the Pawn, show him that they have this art, and then try and finagle their way into a meeting with Lemaire. I feel like the Pawn should have been some kind of art-related term. like DuPont? <laughs> Art-related ish. Yeah, but no, I mean, but I mean, but I, like you know, like, like, I don't know, something, something related to like, like a brush or canvas. Yeah, easel. Or, yeah, yeah, like, like, pawn impl implies like a different type of. Uh, a different type of villain. Yeah. Not the chess master type, not really. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So they're gonna steal the blue horses and sell it. Meanwhile, we cut to Bozer and his training. Yeah, the B story. Because uh, yeah, it's Bozer. <laughs> B for Bozer. B for Bozer. <laughs> it's going to happen again next week. Um, he's uh, getting his first morning lesson. They're all kind of like dressed in like the same uniform of like t-shirt and, and pants. Yeah. Um, and from the first shot, it looked like the entire class is African-American. But then the camera starts <laughs> rotating around the room and you see white people peppered in. Yeah. Um, and the woman teaching the class is uh, Lauren Velez, who played uh, LaGuarda on uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's basically playing the, you know, mean drill sergeant character. Yeah. Her character is uh, Cassandra Glover. Right. Is the name of the character. I don't think they say it all that much because she's just mostly just the person in charge. Yeah. And she does the typical look right, look left, now look at me. By the end of this course, one or both of the people next to you will no longer be here. But I wanted her to be like, look left, look right, look at me. At the end of this course, one of those people will not be here because <laughs> I'm leaving for a week. <laughs> I'm going on vacation. <laughs> uh... So then we get a training montage of like all kinds of like basic. It's, it's so run, run, simple. Running through tires, yeah, climbing like, up ropes. And, yeah, all the stereotypical. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, I mean, physical conditioning. I get it. The only but, thing we didn't see is the is the climbing over a wall. Yeah. Which is why later on in the episode they'll go under a fence instead of over it. Yeah, because they haven't learned that yet. Yeah. That's so, chapter two of the lesson book. So now we're with MacGyver and Jack sneaking in. Uh, past the motion sensors of the art 
runners right. home by with tablecloths. just wrapping tablecloths or just holding them up. But yeah. they're moving so fast. This yeah. would still set off motion sensors. Uh, Mythbusters did this. Yeah. And and they did it with tablecloths, walking slower. Yeah. I mean, for TV, they have to make it seem like they're walking fast. But they did. They tried all these things. They tried like glass panes. They tried painting themselves. They tried mud, like Predator. Uh, nothing could <laughs> fool the sensors except a broad, flat kind of fluid surface. Yeah. We also don't explain how they get the, into this house and to a room with the blankets without yeah. setting off motion sensors. Um, yeah. There's a couple There's a couple of times where I feel like they either skip over important details or they needlessly build things that are too complex yeah. for the situation. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, I, they're, they're being led through the house. Mm-hmm. Um, over comms by Riley and Cage, I guess, is with Riley. Yeah. And they tell her, they tell Mac and Jack, oh, take a left here. And they try to take a left, and there's a bunch of henchmen standing there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, we can't go left. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't hack into the cameras to the right, so you'd be flying blind. And it's like, obviously we're flying blind either way, because you just told me to turn left, and there's a bunch of people there. And they're like, well, if we have to turn off uh, cameras, we're going to lose comms, too. And it's like, why are we going to lose comms? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. What, are you patching comms through is the that, cameras? Is that whole half of the house like lead painted eight layers thick and we can't talk to you anymore? Well, they turn off the cameras and the comms. Yeah. Uh, so this Jack takes this opportunity to ask if Riley's acting weird. Yeah. Um, any and, opportunity to ask about that. Yeah. Uh, they get into the art gallery and Mac tells him not to touch anything because he's about to touch like a sculpture. Right. And he says like everything, everything here is alarmed. So... Uh, Mac looks at the painting and sees that there's the the okay so if if just touching the sculpture sets off the alarm just touching it right why does not just touching, touching the, the painting picture frame yeah set off the alarm because it's 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 on a weight balanced hook and so, he pulls it completely away from the wall to yeah, see the thing so that those weight things are so sensitive that weight less or weight more sets it off. Yeah. So pulling on it is going to add more tension and more weight to it. And then um, he asks Jack for a shoe. Yeah, cuz they're going to they're going to do the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And uh, then he but he makes a Temple of Doom reference. He's like, oh, "I see what you're doing, Dr. Jones." Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's a yeah. Temple of Doom reference. <laughs> uh no time for love, Dr. Jones. Um so, uh, while MacGyver's doing his thing and cutting the picture, I think he's cutting the cutting the picture out of the frame. I don't think he cuts it out. I think he disassembles the or, whole frame to take. Okay, it. he takes out the nails and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I still don't understand how Pierce Brosnan did that in the Thomas Crown Affair. He like puts it in a briefcase and folds it two times. It's like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, I need to rewatch that. I still love it. That was part of my. It was gonna be part of my. Uh, Is the first one any good? The original, the Steve McQueen one. Yeah. It's good to a point. Almost all the dialogue is reused for the new one. Oh, interesting. But it's 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 a less interesting crime. It's just robbing a bank. Yeah. Or robbing some kind of money. It's just money. Oh, it's not art in the first one? No, it's just money. Oh, that uh, is less interesting. And and it ends less interesting. And it's definitely more 60s. Like, with, like, all these, like, multi-paneled shots in one frame showing montage of things happening. Yeah, the Mod same. Squad style. Yeah. I like that stuff. Um... It was, it was going to be part of my the other podcast that we were going to start. The Q Branch? Yeah. That was my first one. Maybe we'll get back into that. Maybe. We just need for this show to get canceled, everybody. <laughs> so, while MacGyver is uh, manhandling the painting, Jack decides to take a load off on a chair 
which immediately sets off an alarm. Because it's like a, what does he call it? Like a Louis the Fifth, yeah, or something. It's, like, it's, it's something. Some it's an antique chair. chair. He's like, well, since when is a chair art? <laughs> it's like a chair could be art, Jack. Uh, so we come back after the commercial break, where they're trying to make their way out of the house, trying to avoid the guards, uh, and uh, since they. Uh, while they're they're kind of like making their way to another room of the house and securing themselves, trying and, to get to the perimeter of the yeah. building. Yeah. So what happens though? While this exciting scene is going on, we cut back to Bozer. Right. And I was like, "What? No, 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 no! Yeah. <laughs> you stay with the action, because <laughs> Bozer jogging with Liana is not action." Yeah. Uh, they they're they're jogging. this doing like you know exercise. And they talk about uh, how they used to run in, in school. Yeah. Uh, and so they decide to race the next checkpoint. And as Leonard takes the lead in the run, Bozer watches her run and goes, mmm. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. I don't think that that's a Bozer kind of move to like. Yeah, that's a Jack move. Yeah. That that was, it was really audible. Like, like. He could just like shake his head like, oh, you know, that's 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 nice. Yeah. But to actually make a loud like yum, <sighs> yeah, like yum. Guttural. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's kind of kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then he turns over and he sees um, he sees a guy walking his dog, mm-hmm. and he kind of adjusts the the hallway the hallway sign. sign under the stop sign, and then takes something out of the trash. Uh, yeah, he removes something from the trash. Yeah. Uh, so Bozer follows him to the guy's garage, which is full of equipment, and he starts trying to take photos, but the dog gets spooked. Yeah. And when the dog kind of leads the guy over to where Bozer is, the guy's got pulls out a gun. Right. Uh, but Bozer is already kind of taken off at that point. He did get three or four pictures of the garage. Yeah. Which, oh my God, I'm so glad because like. Later on, when he has to try it, well, we'll get that. I was, I was so mad. I was like, just show her the damn pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's like, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? Oh, wait, I have evidence. Yeah, I have evidence. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so now we're back to MacGyver and Jack still being trapped in the house. Uh, MacGyver's plan is that he makes a, a zip line. Uh, and to he keep sent, the painting safe. Yeah, he sends the artwork down the zip line. Uh, but then uh, MacGyver and Jack are forced to jump into the pool. A very badly filtered pool. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of crap floating in it. Yeah. For uh, a billionaire's house. And, and we go immediately from the pool to Mac and Jack being wet in the back of the van. And Riley and Cage are like giving each other's like a shaking their heads look of like, can you believe these guys? With a couple knuckleheads. And it's like... Yeah, we almost got them both killed because we're stupid. Yeah, it's like they did everything fine. It's not like... They did anything wrong, or if if anything, Jack did the one thing wrong. You don't, don't I don't know. We got we got the twenty five million dollar painting out of the house. So yeah. you're welcome. But the, also on their way out, before they jump out the window into the pool, they just mercilessly beat one of the guards. Like Jack just will not stop punching this guy, and it's like, yeah, this is a privately hired security agent who's defending a twenty five million dollar painting, and Jack's just crushing his face over yes. and over again. And he's probably gonna be fired now because. The painting got stolen. Yeah. So thanks for ruining this guy's life, yeah, Jack. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, God. Tiny Tim's going to be so upset. Poor guy. <laughs> Why did you beat up Agent Cratchit? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
so now they go to meet up with uh, the pawn. Mm-hmm. And it's in the back of a vape shop. Yeah. Uh, before, while they're getting ready to head in there, Bozer checks in because the, uh, they're in like a, the bathroom kind of drying off with the power dryers uh, because they're still wet from the pool. Right. Uh, Bozer checks in with Mac about what he saw and they think, oh, Bozer, you're just being paranoid because uh, because you, you're in training and they teach you to look for things. Yeah, you, you start think. seeing agents everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but they have a meeting with the pawn in Barcelona, Spain. So they're off to Spain. Here's the thing that I don't get. If that guy, well, I guess I have to come back to this later. Okay. Anyway, yeah, they're off to Barcelona, Spain, and they go into a vape shop. Yeah. Um, once again, you know, the instant, you know, 12, 12 hour flight right. from L.A. Step to... through a, a, a portal. Uh, Bozer goes back to break into the garage, but Liana follows him, and uh, she wants an explanation of what he's going to do before he breaks open to this garage. And he tells her what he saw, and when they open up the garage, of course, it's There's empty. nothing in there. And she and she does the thing of like, "Are you sure you saw what you saw?" And that's when I got really mad. I was like, "Just show her the pictures." He's like, and "You he's have like, to believe me." Oh wait, no, you don't. I have evidence. Yeah, it's like, and 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 they cover it. Like she goes, "Oh well, I can't argue with that." Like, yeah, I was like, "Show her the pictures first. Like if she needs convincing. Have you seen the show Ghosted? I have not. Is that the the Craig Robinson? And, or, yeah, and yeah. Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got some funny bits in it. It's weirdly edited like it was supposed to be an hour long and they cut it down to 22 minute because mm. it goes really really fast okay but um there's a similar thing where he sees a storage unit full of equipment and then he comes back with craig later and it's totally empty and he's like no 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 there was it was full of stuff yeah there was a bunch of stuff in here just reminded me it, it's 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 a trope it, yeah it yeah, is a trope this isn't the first time yeah um i actually like the one in conspiracy theory uh, with with Mel Gibson and yeah, Julia Roberts? Yeah, like, uh, Julia Roberts comes into this office, and it's full of people. It's the same office where they filmed um, uh, the main squad room for uh, Seven. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's like a, it's like some place that's like used for all kinds of movies. You'd recognize... I recognize it by the lighting. It's the funny light you bring up Seven, because I was just thinking of this another scene like that from the game, mm. where they go back to the building, and every floor is empty where he signs Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. But yeah. Um, yeah, and conspiracy theory, like, she goes and meets this guy there, and it's like a full office, and she leads other agents back to that place, and it's completely empty, and the security guard is with them, and he opens up the door, and he goes, whoa, hey, I was in here, like, a few hours ago, and there was stuff in here, like, desks. <laughs> His reaction is the reaction that yeah. they all should be having, That's but, funny. but he's the only one who's being vocal about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 I would just it. assume I was on the wrong floor. Yeah, Sometimes like, I go to visit Jess at her job, and all all the floors of her building look the exact same. Like they're very intricately decorated, but it's the same on every yeah, floor. Yeah. So I'm always like, I know where her office is, so I'm gonna have to walk the whole way through this floor to get to her office to find out I'm on the wrong floor, and then yeah. go back to the elevator. Liana tells Bozer that snooping around must have uh, spooked him, so he cleared out. Uh, Bozer says maybe, like he he's looking at something in the in the garage. Like she says, he must have cleared out. And he goes, maybe. And then it's like, it was like, did, did you see something? It's like, what is it? We don't know because we cut to Riley's dad coming to his room where Maddie is waiting for to threaten him. Right. Uh, uh, and he thinks he's at the wrong room at first because yeah, there's yeah, someone yeah. in it. He's like, oh, I thought I was in 42. I guess I got that wrong. Yeah, it's like, it's like he opened the door. So also, it looks like his wall was just spackled with crap. Like, what kind of hotel is this? Like, Yeah, it's... it's really gross looking uh 
but Elwood tells Maddie that she's here to get back to close with Riley, and Maddie basically gives him an ultimatum that you know she is she's under their protection. Yeah, and uh, you know don't mess this up. Yeah. So now we're in Barcelona, and MacGyver and Jack walk into the vape shop. Uh, they're immediately searched and then taken to the back room where the pond. Curtis Armstrong, Booger. Yeah, Booger from yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. He will always be Booger to me. Yeah. Not Even he, though he's a really great character in... Um, Moonlighting? Well, I was going to say uh, Better Off Dead. Oh, yeah, Better Off Dead. He's super, at, super funny in that. Look movie. at all this cocaine. <laughs> you know the street dog with this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Better Off yeah. Dead. Check it out. A, less, a lesser appreciated John Cusack classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pawn examines the painting and puts it in like a like a spectral imaging scanner. Yeah. Uh, and verifies it and offers them seven million, but instead of the apparently money, Jack doesn't know how the stolen art market works because yeah. he's like, wait a minute, didn't this just sell for twenty five? It's yeah. like, yeah, I can't pay you twenty five for it because I can't sell it to anyone. Yeah. Because it's stolen. Uh, <laughs> you you ever watch the Venture Brothers? Uh, I've only seen like two or three uh, episodes. Uh, later on, the show gets really bizarre. But one of the new villains that they introduce is a guy named Phantom Limb. Yeah. Who has no arms or legs? They they're there, but they're invisible. Yeah. So he's just a floating torso, and he's trying to sell someone this Rembrandt painting that he that he had stolen, and the guy's like, No, no, no! I want the Mona Lisa. He's like, No, the Mona Lisa isn't a better painting. It's merely a more famous painting, and it's famous because it was stolen, and this is stolen. <laughs> and she goes, oh, what about her famous smile? It's like, oh, whatever. She looks like a horse. Have you seen it? It's tiny. <laughs> it's like a postage stamp. <laughs> He's like, this is this is wor- more, worth more by the foot. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a great scene. Uh, so he says he'll consider the meaning. He'll pass it along to his boss. I thought for sure that he, this was just going to turn out to be the guy. Yeah. Because they don't have a picture of that's Lemaire. What, that's the only reason that you would not show him at the beginning is because this is the guy. Yeah. That's the other thing that bothers me, is that it's like it's not like a big reveal who the guy is. Yeah. It's just another person we've never seen before. And it we'll, never, just and we'll never see. Armstrong. They, they do the same thing next week. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, and the guys that are leading them into the back room at the vape shop are like, they're the strong, silent type, you know? Mm-hmm. They just walk them in real quiet-like, because intimidating henchmen don't speak for fear of being paid royalties. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I get it. You're like the silent type, huh? And it's like... It's just like as a character actor, you must be so frustrated every time someone tells you that. It's like, yeah, I would talk, I would talk if I could get money for this. I have to give me a credit for speaking part and no. So, uh, they they take the painting back into their possession, which again, I worry about every time this is a situation where you have you have something insanely valuable and you walk in with nothing. Say, and, and you're not following it with your eyes. Yeah, and and also like you're expecting them to be completely honorable and not just shoot you and take it. Yeah. Um. So they get back to the van and MacGyver immediately notices there's something wrong. Where there's no nail holes in the in the canvas. Uh, so again, they run back into the room and yep. everything's gone. Everything's gone. Same exact thing. <laughs> the great. I was like, wait a minute. Was there was stuff in here? I believe you. It was like, yeah, Jack. We were all here together. <laughs> Now hold on a second. We were just in this room. There were dudes. There was a table. A table, and there was a there was a Curtis Armstrong. Booger was there. Uh, so we cut to Maddie on the phone, who's furious that they lost the real painting. You know what's funny? I just realized Ogre was in the original series in the wrestling episode. Yeah, yeah. And Ogre and Booger competed in the burp challenge 
yep. in the original Revenge of the Nerds. Booger won against all odds. Uh, so Maddie is yelling at them on the phone, and there's a couple. There's a there's a fun bit where <laughs> like she's running, walking down the hall, like yelling on the phone, and then uh, someone comes around the corner and sees her yelling and just turns Oop. around and walks away. Yeah, it's like away. That, that stormtrooper from Force Awakens. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not gonna be a part of this. Um, uh, so, uh, so Riley, uh, b- manages to hack into the cell system and find the only call that was made in the area to a burner, um, at the time of the verification was sent to Budapest, Hungary and in an abandoned shopping mall. Right. So I guess that's where they're off to next. Yeah. So back to training, Bozer is absent cause he's back to following the target at the stop sign and this time finds the USB in the trash. And he immediately puts the USB stick into his computer. Yeah. His computer that is connected directly to all the Phoenix information. Yeah. it's. Didn't we do a MacGyver episode about that? Where the rubber duck? Where you don't stick a USB into a system because you don't know what kind of malware is on it? Um, but Bozer does. Yeah. He doesn't think it's suspicious at all that this guy is doing these dead drops right in front of a team of... of Agents, uh, agents yeah. that are literally learning all of the special ops and stuff. run this route apparently yeah. daily. Um, so he, we just get his reaction to what he's seeing. We don't see it. Uh, so in Budapest uh, or Budapest, you're supposed to say it. I think it is the sh sound, but yeah. I always just say Budapest. Uh, that's what we say in America. Yeah, <laughs> we say things wrong in America. That's why we like call America. it America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they find the mall, which appears to be very lively because there's lots of people yeah, in fancy dress. For an abandoned dress. mall, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is an art deal going down right now. Uh, so they decide to split up into pairs. Jack goes with Riley, and uh, while they're aside, they he calls her out on their weirdness. And since they're obviously like acting suspicious, guys immediately come up behind them and capture them. Yeah. Because, you know, why Why would you do... I just... Okay. Uh, so back inside now, Jack is being beaten mercifully. Mer- mercifully. Mercifully. Thank <laughs> God you beat me. <laughs> Mercilessly. It's the opposite of mercifully. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. <laughs> You're hitting all the right spots. Oh, my God. You just cracked my back. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is it weird that the next Incredibles movie appears to be taking off exactly where it left off? Yes, it bothers me a lot. I'm uh-huh. actually a, severely disappointed in the teaser because it should have just been 15 years later. 15 years later. Uh, but they'd be so much older. They'd be like in their 60s. That, that's why it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. about the parents retiring and about the kids, kids being kids full-fledged superheroes. Yeah, but instead, it's like, oh, good. We're just going to pick up exactly where we left off. Yeah. I guess we're fighting the Underminer. Uh, I hope that that's not how... It, I, hope, I hope that's the cold open. At least, like, just just don't make just that... Just defeat the Underminer immediately. Yeah. We don't need to give John Ratzenberger any more screen time. <laughs> uh, he, has pay, he keeps asking for more money every week. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Enzo Lemaire now comes in for his small bit part that he plays in this, is that... And he just... Basically, he's just he hitting just Jack He just likes to torture a, people. Yeah, that, he's got a captured. cattle prod, and he's prodding Jack. Don't you have a art auction to be hosting yeah no, like, you're just people stand here and electrocute people uh so bozer now uh is showing liana the evidence that he's found uh, he, he got he showed up really late to class yeah and the teacher was 
very upset that he wasn't there and she's like oh man she was so mad you're gonna get dropped out of the class and he's like not when she sees what I got <laughs> um, but the bad guy followed them to the top secret training center not only that he's standing one foot away from both of them <laughs> Bozer uh, is so bad at just spatial awareness earlier yeah. he was he went to go and look at the garage and suddenly Leanna was just standing right next to him yeah. and then the second time in this episode this has happened um, that like, would have been a funny time for a joke there's only one exit to this room yeah. and he's on the opposite side from that exit so he was literally in this room the whole time was he in the class was this like a slugworth and he's yeah. about to give them the factory <laughs> Congratulations, you got the agent factory. Yeah, it's it, it, it makes no sense of how he was able to penetrate this building, unless he worked there. It would there. have made so much more sense if he worked there, and the point was that this was an exercise. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, why would a guy who's literally taking pictures of the agents at this training facility yeah. be doing a dead drop in front of all of them, yep. on purpose? Exactly. It, would, it should have been an exercise, it should have been a thing like where Bozer gets commended because he's the only one who spotted it. Um... This should be like the golden snitch. Yeah. This should be like an automatic A for this course. Or for the, at least for this portion. But no, portion. He's, a, he's a legitimately like... <laughs> Bad guy. Disgruntled agency vet who is now like trying to sell secrets to foreigners or something. Yeah. So this is where we come back to the opening of Bozer and Liana running. Because uh, basically... He just uh, whips out a gun. And yeah, a guy whips out a gun... They throw the laptop at him after Bozer grabs so the USB stick. So there was all their stick. evidence. Well, he grabbed the USB stick. Right. But he didn't eject it properly. Yeah. <laughs> that, corrupt that the data. information could be corrupted now. <laughs> That's what a twist. Did you not eject the drive properly? I never do. You <laughs> idiot. <laughs> um, so they're running, and this is where we come to the opening, and now they split up. Uh, we cut now back to Jack being tortured some more. But now he's Lamar is deciding to move on to Riley, but you know of course Jack is more not sensitive a fan of this to that. Idea. And of course Mac and Cage are still taking their time. Yeah, trying to get in rescuing. there. Rescuing. Um, MacGyver starts pouring turpentine into a box of packing peanuts. Well, he doesn't pour it in. He just tucks a rag into oh, okay, a like into Molotov a container style? of yeah, okay. and then uh, he lights the rag and puts it yeah in the middle of a bunch of styrofoam packing yeah. peanuts. And again, we cut away from the action to cut back to Bozer. Uh, this time he's hiding, but Liana now steps out into the open to lure the bad guy out to give Bozer enough time to clobber the guy with a log. Yeah, and well, it, first she smacks the bad guy, mm -hmm. and then the bad guy headbutts her in the face. Yeah. And it looks like she's unconscious, but she seems conscious when she hits the ground yeah and then bozer just finds a giant log and takes him out with it we're at this point i was like i guess oh. he couldn't find any more laptops <laughs> but at this point i was like oh my god I, I still was convinced it was an exercise at this point oh that they're gonna get in a lot of trouble yeah it's like oh my god he just killed a man <laughs> also why did that guy very unprofessionally headbutt this student <laughs> well he, there's such a thing as controlled things but bozer doesn't know that like he he could that guy could have been holding back like to knock that's the girl true. out that's but, true but um, wouldn't she notice unless she was in on it too? Uh, yes, that's a good point. But I was still concerned when Bozer just full yeah, on clobbers yeah. this guy with the with the log. <laughs> it's like that scene in the the Survivors episode. Was that what it was called? When uh, Mac and Peter out in the woods and they find the the plane that crashed, and we were pretending like. When we were watching the episode, we thought it was still a training exercise, and Pete oh. just comes back and he's like, well, I buried the pilots. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> you buried them? Where did you bury them? <laughs> I remember 
<laughs> I buried him as best I could. It took a while. They were they were they were fighting yeah. it. Uh, rigor mortis. They were just twitching a lot. Death throes. Weird. I thought I could hear them whispering to each other. It's just creepy what dead bodies do. Anyway, I had to cut their heads off. <laughs> so dark yeah but he's seen stuff he knows what he's doing yeah he's he's been there but yeah so they knock this guy out and then we move back to yeah the warehouse the torture. where the now macgyver's crate full of uh, turpentine rolls out blows up and terrible cgi packing peanuts oh, rain down fantastic. for it's hours marvelous, marvelous cg there's enough styrofoam in the air at any given point in time to completely fill that box with styrofoam. Yeah, uh, it just it's just raining down. It gives them time to to tackle everybody. MacGyver knock over the scaffolding that everybody's chained to. Chained to almost. Oh my god, you're gonna break their arms. Or just kill them because it's like a two story scaffold. Yeah, um, but luckily it only they only fall to the ground and the bad guy is the one who's crushed. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back to Phoenix where MacGyver summarizes everything that just happened. Um, at this point, I was like, "Did you guys return the art? What happened to the art? Where's the no, art?" They said, they said they gave it back. No, no, they did it later. But oh, okay. that, yeah, that yeah. hasn't happened yet because because right, right. we have the button at the end of the episode. And so I was like, "Did they return the art? Did they keep it? I don't know what's happening." Um, well, they got a fun phoenix somehow. Yeah, exactly. Stolen art. Yeah. Uh, Maddie tells them about Bozer's shutting down of the top secret spy ring. Um, Cage and Riley have a moment to talk about her father again. Yeah. And Riley has another meeting with Elwood, which you think is going to be the end of the episode, the button, because that's yeah. kind of how we opened. Um, and they exchange knock-knock jokes back and forth. Yeah. But that's when we get the final button Well, of... hold on, because we have to talk about Riley's knock-knock joke here. Oh, okay. Which Go. is like, I'm pretty sure both of these are like in the first five knock-knock jokes you'll hear if you tell your Google home, hey, Google, tell me a knock-knock joke. Yeah. But uh, Dwayne the bathtub... Yeah. I'm drowning in here. Where the fuck are you? And how did you knock on a door? Like, what are you? What? Like, isn't a knock knock joke supposed to be I'm outside of your house and I'm coming in? Yeah. Like, Dwayne the bathtub. Like, what? You knocked on the door to tell me to come into the bathroom and drain the bathtub? I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm, unless I'm, not, I'm, not, the, I'm not the knock knock joke police. If this person is in a bathroom that's completely flooded, then there would be water coming under the door. If for some reason this room is completely watertight, it probably still has a toilet if it has a bathtub, and a toilet would automatically drain with that much water pressure. So, what is happening <laughs> with this knock knock joke? I don't get the knock knock joke. Anyway, I do think I've heard my Google Home say it as much as I don't think it makes sense. Well. You can write a letter. Yeah. <laughs> you seem passionate about it. I'm very it. upset about this. Anyway, yeah. So we move back into the same art gallery room. Yeah, Mac and Jack are returning the painting. They could have just left the painting on the doorstep or no, mailed it. They had it. to put it back in a frame. They had to put back it back on the, on the frame, back on the wall, Which, back in the room. I guess the guy who owns that gallery just left the empty frame on the wall for them to put it back Thank into. Thank goodness. He was like, well, I'm just going to put it here in case someone decides, like, some to elves it. decide to return it. And he's like, he's like horribly sad. It's part of his like daily ritual to come in there and cry yeah. at the empty frame. Not to mention that tomorrow this guy's still going to have to shell out like $18,000 to someone to blast UV rays through the painting and make sure it's authentic. Yeah. Because otherwise he's not sure that he has the right one. Well, And he probably already put in an insurance claim for it, too. Yeah. Maybe he's just going to not tell anybody and throw it in his vault. Yes. Yeah. He would not be the first person who's done that, I'm sure. 
who's been like, oh, my art got stolen. Anyway, give me money. <laughs> give me money. Thank you. It's gone forever. <laughs> but Jack again sets off the alarms because he touches, touches a, a, a painting. Fresco. Yeah. Because apparently walls can be art, too. Yep. Everything's art in the art I world. feel like the wall should have been the first one and the chair should have been the second one. Yeah. Because a wall is more obviously art. A chair... Is, I could understand less... him screwing up the second time by sitting in a chair. Yeah. But yeah. That's the end of the episode. And that's it. Whew. Um, yeah. The Bozer story is really mishandled. Well, here's the problem. In the first season, there were too many characters. Because Bozer doesn't have anything to do. Right. Now you've added a new character of Cage who's more competent, who makes more sense to be on the team, but you want to keep Bozer. So you have to give Bozer stuff to do that interferes with the story because now, here's the thing, Pat. This is the best thing about writing a MacGyver episode now. You only have to write a 20-minute MacGyver episode because the other 20 minutes is Bozer messing around in school. But there's one rule with the Bozer story. There has to be zero stakes. Yeah, zero. Absolutely no. zero stakes. Like, he's going to get a D on a test. Yeah. So, so this is what's happened now with this episode. This is a, setting a precedent for next week as well that... MacGyver episodes are only 20 minutes <laughs> Yeah. Because we're also going to watch Bozer go to school. We're watching <laughs> Bozer the college years on the side. Hey, are they trying to set up a spinoff? I don't know. Either way, nothing's yeah. happening. And Nothing it's only a matter of time before we find out which one of them is the bad guy implant. It's either Bozer's new girlfriend, mm-hmm. Riley's dad, or Cage. Yeah. One of these three people is going to turn before the end of the well, season. Well, we already know that Cage is... Suspicious. Yeah, from she's cagey, if you will. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Um, because Murdoch called her out on that. Yeah, and um, I'll have a, a something to bring up for next week. But. Yeah, All right. But I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com/slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Reboot Season 2, Episode 9, CD-ROM Plus Hoagie. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.